Well, like Josh said, my name is Des, um, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys this morning. Super honored to have the opportunity to get to talk during one of these weeks of this series. And the reason why, uh, well, we're in this series called Win the Day, and we've been talking about seven habits to help us stress less and accomplish more. And something to know about me is that I, I'm like a habits person. I'm a goals person. I really like to achieve. I like to succeed. I like to get better. I like making lists and crossing stuff off my list. I like being super productive. I'm like that kind of person. And some of you are like, yes, Des, you're speaking my language. I'm right there with you. I like lists. I like being productive. I like all of those things. And so maybe, whether that's you or not, hopefully, you have gotten something out of this series so far. If you have been able to join us, you have been able to take something home and practically implement it in your life. I think this series, every single week, we have that opportunity um, to gain something, to take something, and go home and implement it back into our life to help us win the day. And so to kick off our time together this morning, uh, I just want to ask you to do something for me. If you will think through your last normal day, it probably is not today because it's Sunday and it probably wasn't yesterday, but think through the last normal day that you had and think through what you did, uh, how it started. Maybe for you, it started with an alarm clock, maybe a couple snoozes. Or maybe it starts with little screaming kids waking you up. Maybe it starts with your parent telling you it's time to get out of bed for the last time. Maybe your day starts with a shower right away, perhaps brushing your teeth, hopefully. Maybe your day starts with a pot of coffee. Maybe you eat breakfast, or maybe you're not a breakfast person. Maybe you cook breakfast for your kids, or you at least get a lunch together. Your day, whether you realized it or not, every single normal day that you have is compiled of lots of small habits. Lots of small habits in your life make up every single day, intentional or unintentional. Every single one of us probably has some unintentional habits that we've started, like maybe hitting that snooze button. Maybe like yelling at our kids, screaming at them to get around in the morning. And some of us might have some intentional habits, some healthy habits, some good habits. Maybe like the brushing your teeth one. Or maybe you have instilled some sort of reading habit in the morning. Or maybe you make it to the gym and get a workout in every single morning. Those are, those are great habits too. But every, every small habit, whether intentional or unintentional, It compiles our day and ultimately compiles our life. And so we can conclude, if we want to change our life, we have to change our habits. Ben talked last week about habits, about small habits, how to implement one small habit. He talked about habit stacking and habit tracking. He talked about how to make habits manageable and measurable and maintainable. 
And we could, we could talk about all, all of these habits. We could talk about like the New Year's resolutions, statistics, and, and how many times you have to do a habit or do a new thing in order to automate it or in order for it to um, become an actual habit in your life. But I think whether you have been good, whether you have been good at implementing habits your whole life, and you've kind of added some healthy ones, and you're pretty good at that, or maybe you were just with us last week, and you learned how to implement new habits. I think once we do that, once we add new habits, new small habits to our life, we all realize something. And that's the place that we're at. Once we have these new habits in our life, I think it eventually feels a little empty. It feels a little... Well, like we're wanting more. Like we're not getting what we thought we were going to get. Or, or like there's still something else. There's got to be still something left. Like some kind of void in us. Even when we thought, new year, new me. Right? Like I'm becoming my best self. I'm at the gym and, and something in me. There's just something that's not quite right yet. Not yet. See, then the truth is that forming habits isn't our problem. Forming habits then isn't our problem when we realize that, well, we formed new habits and, and there's still something missing. Then our problem actually becomes, well, the type of goals or the type of habits that we set. See, the type of goals that we set result in the little habits that we set to reach that goal. And that is where our problem lies when we realize that once we've implemented these new healthy habits, there's something missing in us. See, and I think, well, the type of goals that we tend to set, the, the, the habits that we tend to default to, tend to lean towards, the ones that we think will make us better, those types of goals are means goals. What's a means goal, Des? A means goal is simply a stepping stone to get to a bigger goal. It's just a stepping stone. That's all that it is. These are the types of goals that we tend to set are these means goals. Uh, let me give you an example. And, and just to kind of make things all across the board, just to make things really clear, uh, we're going to use some of these examples that are maybe cliche habits or maybe they're habits that you've actually implemented before, but they're kind of some of the habits that we, we gravitate towards the most. Okay, so I'll start with this one. You want to pay off all your debt. First of all, that's a great goal. You want to pay off all your debt. And so you sit down and you're like, I'm going to implement some new habits. So you sit down and you look at your budget, you look at your finances. If you're married, you do it with your spouse. And so you're looking at, at your income and your, your expenses, and you're kind of evaluating all of this, and you realize if we cut unnecessary expenses, if we stop going out to eat so much, stop stopping through the drive through if we eliminate all pop whenever we do go out to eat, if we eliminate unnecessary expenses, we can allocate an additional 30% of our income to pay off our debt. That's awesome. And you know what? You do the math and you calculate 
if you do this and you implement these new habits, you can be debt-free by next April. Woohoo! That's great. That's amazing. Debt-free. That is awesome. Go you. Okay, maybe it doesn't resonate. Okay, so you, maybe you want to lose 20 pounds. You want to lose 20 pounds, and so you're like, this is my goal. I got to implement some new habits. So you get a gym membership. You get a gym membership, and you, you cut out pop, and, and you start kind of watching what you eat a little bit more. You're going to the gym three, four times a week. And by six months down the road, you've now lost not 20, but 22 pounds. That's amazing. Phenomenal. Hard work really pays off. You lost the 22 pounds. Okay, okay, for my people in the room, for my people in the room, you really want a 3.7 GPA. Okay, you really want this 3.7 GPA, and I know our students here, guys, they're smart, so this is very realistic. You really want a 3.7 GPA, and so you're like, this is my goal. I got to implement some new habits. I got to reach this goal. So you commit to never hesitating raising your hand in class because you know that any question you have is not a dumb question. And if you have the question, someone else probably has the question and you're just helping out your buddies. So you, you commit to never hesitating to raise your hand when you have a question. You also, you get a tutor. You get a tutor for your hardest class so you can start to do better, so you can excel and wait for it. This last one, are you ready? You commit to only using study hall for studying and doing your homework. It's wild, I know, but you commit to it. It's your new habit. And guess what? By the end of the school year, 3.74 GPA. Man, you put your head down, you did the work. Now your parents are taking you out for ice cream. This is amazing. Phenomenal, I might add. I'm very proud of you guys. So we implement these goals and we implement these habits and they're great. I know that's what you're thinking. You're like, Des, I just, I can't figure out what the problem is here. These seem like great goals. I want my kids to study in study hall. I would love to lose the 20 pounds or be debt free. What is the problem here? You see, the problem with means goals, the problem with means goals is the so in the middle of them. That's how you know it's a means goal. You can listen for the so. You just listen for the so. Here's what I mean. You really want to pay off all your debt. You really want to pay off all your debt so you can have more margin in your budget, so you can start to buy fancier clothes, so you can start to go to nicer dinners and eventually save up and buy the boat that you've wanted because all of your cool friends have a boat and they're in a boat club and you want to be able to hang out with your cool friends and have a cool life, so I want to pay off all my debt so I can have a boat, so I can live a cool life. Is that one not, not relatable? Okay. Okay, so, so the weight thing, right? We, we want to lose 20 pounds. I really want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds so I can fit into my skinny jeans, 
so he will notice me, so he'll ask me out on a date, so he'll propose, so I can get married and have a husband and have a family and have my dream life. I really want to lose 20 pounds. I want that 3.7 GPA. I want it. I really want that 3.7 GPA so I can get into my dream school, so I can make my parents proud, so I can get into the great program, so I can have a degree, so I can get a good paying job, so I can get the girl and get married and have my dream life. I really want the 3.7 GPA. The problem with means goals, the problem with so goals, is that happiness, contentment, and joy, it's always somewhere out there. It's always deferred to the future. We can't be happy today. We can't be successful today. We can't be content today. We can't win the day today. If happiness and contentment and joy is always somewhere out there, is always somewhere so far in the future. It's always out there. So how do we win the day? How do we be successful? What, is there another type of goal, another type of habit that we need to implement, that we need to instill if we want to win the day because we really want to win the day? I want to look at the life of a guy named Daniel. This guy named Daniel, I believe, had one small habit that changed his whole life. One small habit that I believe made him successful, that helped him win the day every day. That made contentment and joy accessible today, not somewhere in the future. If you don't know who Daniel is, he's actually a pretty, a pretty famous guy um, in the Bible. Uh, there's a pretty crazy story about him. He ended up in a lion's den with lions. Pretty crazy. You guys should read your Bibles. It's kind of awesome. Um, but we're going to visit the part of Daniel's story right before the lions. I know you guys are like, really, does? You're not going to tell me about the lions? So we're going to be uh, in Daniel chapter 6 today. If you all have your weekly notes, it'll be in there, um, or you can pull it up if you have a Bible, or it'll be on the screen. In uh, verse 3, Daniel chapter 6, it says this, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps. Satraps were essentially government officials. They were like people that the king appointed to be under him. By his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel distinguished himself. He set himself apart. Daniel had exceptional qualities. And I might suggest that it was because of one habit that Daniel had. Daniel distinguished himself even, even beyond these other people, these other higher-ups, these other administrators and government officials. Like, they were probably pretty impressive too, right? They had to get there somehow. But no, Daniel, 
Daniel set himself apart. Daniel had exceptional qualities, and Daniel was the one that the king had planned to set over the whole kingdom. Why? I think it's because of this one small habit. And you know what tends to happen when people start to rise in fame or success? We know that not everyone's always happy about it, right? So these, these government officials, these administrators, they don't like this. They start to plan. They start to scheme. We're going to take Daniel down. He's not going to be set over the whole kingdom. That was supposed to be my spot. I wanted that. And so these guys, they go to work, right? They, they try to dig up some dirt. And if anyone has the resources, has the ability, has the position to dig up dirt on someone, to take them down, to find a fault or a flaw in someone, it's these guys. So they start digging up dirt. They start looking and searching. They're trying to find a fault in Daniel. But they couldn't. They could find nothing. All they found about Daniel was that he was a man of integrity, a man of character, a quality man. They could not find one fault or one flaw in him. In fact, all they discovered about Daniel is that Daniel, Daniel really loved his God. He really loved his God. And so these guys, they thought, well, pfft. We can't find a, fall, a fault. We can't find a mistake. We can't find a flaw. We'll have to make one. So they schemed. And they tricked the king into making a law or, or a decree. Into saying that anyone who prays to anyone other than the king, blinds them. They're going to be punished. Anyone who prays to anyone other than the king, be punished. So, how do we think Daniel might respond, might react to a decree of this level? Remember, Daniel really loves his God. We pick up in verse 10, where it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem and this this is where I really want you to lean in because this this is where we discover the quality the habit the habit that Daniel had that changed his whole life in the rest of verse 10 it says this three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Not in a last-minute cry for help, not a, hey, we haven't talked in a while, but just as he had done before. This was a habit that Daniel had always had. This was a habit Daniel instilled long ago. Not once a day, not twice a day, but three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed. He prayed to God, he talked to him, he gave him praise, and he gave him thanks. He communicated with him, he prioritized time with God. 
I believe this was the habit, the one small habit that Daniel implemented that gave him those exceptional qualities that distinguished himself among all of the other impressive people. This was the small habit. See, and I think, I don't think, no, there's no way. I, this was not a means goal. See, I don't think Daniel's motivation, I don't think his inspiration for setting this habit was a stepping stone goal. I don't think Daniel said one day, hey, I'm going to get down on my knees and pray three times a day so that one day I might have exceptional qualities, so I might stand out and be distinguished among the other people, so the king will set me over the whole kingdom. There's no way. There's no way. Because those guys, they dug and they searched and they looked, and all they could find was that Daniel was a man who loved his God. This wasn't a means goal for Daniel. You see, I think the motivation and the inspiration for this habit for Daniel, this wasn't a stepping stone goal. No, this was the stone. This was the goal, the end goal. An end goal is literally long-term results. Like, we're in this for the long game, and I'm playing Daniel knew that this was the habit that really mattered, that this was the goal that really mattered. It wasn't one of those other things. Those other things were contentment and joy somewhere out there. Those other goals that, that are cliche, that are common, that make us look good now, that might make us feel good right now, but don't bring us real satisfaction. No, it's something else. It's an end goal. And this end goal, I think Daniel knew there's only one goal. One goal that really matters, and it's not what can I get or where can I go. It's not what promotion can I get or where, where can I be in 10 years. It's not any of that. See, the end goal, the only goal is not what or where, it's who. Who I'm becoming. I think Daniel knew this, and this is a little cheat second for y'all, if you want to lean in, because this, this, this is the one takeaway for today, the one bottom line, the one thing, if you forget everything else, the one thing I want you to walk out here today with. It's our bottom line for today, and it's this. The one goal that actually matters is becoming like Christ. See, when you make becoming like Christ the driving force of your life, you can win the day today. You can experience contentment and joy and fulfillment and satisfaction today, not tomorrow, not somewhere out there. You can win and be successful today because you were faithful and you honored God and you were obedient today. Daniel knew that. Daniel experienced that, and sure, he was going to get a promotion, but that was never the motivation. That was never what it was about. He was in it for the end goal. He was in it for the long-term results. These other goals, they're postable. We know what gets the likes and the comments. It's Transformation Tuesday, Right? Or look at this new promotion I got. Or look at this new job that I got. 
the debt-free scream, which is awesome, by the way. But this goal, the goal that matters, implementing habits that make you more like Christ, they don't get the accolades and the applause like the other ones do. This is a different type of goal. It doesn't get the world's attention. There's this passage in 2 Corinthians that I really love. Paul writes um, to a church. If you don't know who Paul is, um, it's really crazy, actually. He used to be someone who hated Christians. He killed them, and then he became one of them. Like Then he was like a professional Christ- Christian. Guys, the Bible's crazy. You should read it. So Paul is this like professional Christian, right? He like plants churches and then he writes letters to help develop these churches. And so he's writing this letter to a church in Corinth and he's talking about the perspective that we should have as Christians, that we should have as Christ followers throughout our life. And, and before he says what we're going to get to, he, he starts talking about well, well, this, our body, what's here on the outside, what you can see, what we can see. And Paul says, he says, outwardly, outwardly, we are withering away. Did you know that? That none of us is gaining days as we go on? Outwardly, we are withering away. The weight, the accomplishments, the money. Outwardly, we are withering away. But inwardly, if you follow Jesus, if the driving force of your life is to become like Christ, inwardly, you are being renewed. Renewed day by day. And then he says this. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says, so we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. We set our goals around not what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. It's all fading. But what is unseen is eternal. See this end goal? The goal that actually matters The only goal that matters in comparison to everything else. You won't get likes about that. You won't get comments. No one's going to give you the applause or tell you, you're doing a great job for doing your daily devotional. I'm proud of you. But that's eternal. That's the one goal in our life that we can implement. That will outlast it far, far past this life. That will outlast this body that will outlast whatever shape that you can get in or whatever money that you can save, becoming like Christ. It is the end goal. It is the eternal goal. And this is the the paradox, I suppose, of it all. Because I think it can get kind of confusing, and I've, I've been processing all of this, because even as I've been thinking about this idea, this truth. I, 
I can even get a little bit confused if I'm honest. Because the reality is this. Is that these other goals. These other goals. The ones that, that won't really bring you satisfaction, contentment, joy. The ones that you can see. The ones that are temporary. These goals, these means goals. Well, these are goals you can actually finish. Like, like in this lifetime, you can see the end of these. You can lose the weight. You can get the 3.7. You can be debt-free. Like, like I'm telling you right now, like these are the goals you can actually accomplish here on earth. Here in this lifetime, you can reach these goals. You can see the end of them. But they don't satisfy. They never fulfill. You never will feel content here. There's always something more. There's always something missing. And you know, we try to put our identity in these goals so many times, especially if you're like me, especially if you're a goals person. If you like habits, if you like being productive, my new best self, new year, new me, because we're human, we want to identify as these goals. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm really smart with my money. Oh, I, I don't eat that stuff. You know, I only eat this. I'm a gym person. I go to the gym. I work out. These are goals. We try to base our identity in these. I'm a reader. I'm a writer. I'll get 10,000 steps a day. And we, we, try, we try to form these as our identity. Do you know what happens? You miss a day. You miss a workout. You eat a cookie. I know this because I've experienced it. Because I tend to do this. I still struggle with this thing. You see, you went for three weeks, and I'm sick, and I can't get off the couch. All I can eat is macaroni. I can't make it to the gym. Where is my identity found? Because all that stuff shatters. It all breaks away. How can you be a fit person? How can you be a healthy person? How can you be a disciplined person? None of that stuff will stand still. None of that stuff will hold strong. It all fades away. It all breaks. Those are the goals you can finish. And then you have this one. This goal. This goal that matters, the only one that matters. Becoming like Christ, making this the driving force of your life. Here's where it gets tricky. I'll just tell you this ahead of time because you'll figure it out. In this lifetime, in this body, on this side of heaven, you'll never reach it. You will never accomplish this. We will never be 100% like Christ on this side of heaven, on this earth. In this body, we can never reach it. We're always trying to get closer. We're always trying to take one more step. That's why, like Josh said, our mission statement here is to lead people one step closer to Jesus every day. 
because we know we have to keep moving, but like we're never going to get there. It's why no matter how long you've been following Jesus, no matter how long you've been doing this Christian thing, none of us is better than the other because we're never fully going to be like Jesus 100%. Never. But it's what we were created to do. It's to become like him. It's how we were created. It's what we were meant to do. It is the one goal, the one habit that will outlast this life and carry us into the next when we see the final result. It is the end goal for our life. I want to feel contentment. I want to experience real joy in our identity. Well, our identity is found in Christ. And so you know, when you forget to pray, when you miss a day reading your devotional, you miss church, you mess up. This doesn't break. This doesn't shake. Your identity is found in Christ, and guess what? He stood in the gap a long time ago, and he still stands in the gap today. So when you're not doing your right new faith habit or your habit to help you become more like Christ, he stood in the gap anyways. He stood there for you. But something in us still draws us the next day to get up and move one step closer to win the day again. With our students, right now we're in the series called Pro Tip. We're talking about wisdom. We've been reading through the book of Proverbs, um, not through it all the way, I guess. We've been looking at some passages in the book of Proverbs. If you ever need wisdom, turn to the book of Proverbs in the Bible. It will really help you. So my husband Josh, a couple weeks ago, he said to our students, you know, there's nothing else in life that can make you better at everything. There's nothing else in life that can make you better at everything. But God's wisdom can. God's wisdom can. And I believe the same is true with our goals. The same is true with our goals. See, and I know you were on the edge of your seat with this one, so I just want to cover it before we all leave today. God cares that you manage your money well. I think God is honored by someone that's not in debt. I think, I think God is honored when you are a good steward. Steward just means manager of your body, like you taking care of it. I think God is honored when you're a good student and when you study and when you try to do well. I think God cares about all of that stuff. So don't hear me say that those things don't matter. But what I believe is that when we focus on the one goal, 
the one goal that matters in comparison to everything else. It really is. It's the one goal that matters. That when we focus on becoming like Christ, everything else is covered. It's covered. Taking care of your body, managing your money, being a good student, being a good parent or spouse, managing your time well. All of these things are covered when we just focus on becoming like Christ. Because check and see, Jesus was good at all of those things. So how do we make this practical? How do we, how do we implement this and walk this out? If we believe that this is the one way to win the day, if we believe this is the one goal that really matters, Implement a habit that makes you more like Christ. Implement one habit. Make it small. Don't do something huge. Make it maintainable. Make it manageable. One small habit. If you don't do this right now, I... I believe the fastest, the most effective, most efficient way to become like someone, I think Daniel knew this too, spend time with them. Is to spend time with them. Every other week, I stand up here and you wonder, why does she talk like that? Why does she talk like that? It's because I spent a lot of time with someone who I admired. I wanted to be like them, and I just kind of got this, whatever you call this twang, I think I've heard. Spend time with God. And don't, don't make it this big burden, something that you can't, you can't do every single day. Start with 10 minutes. There's lots of apps on your phone where you can download a free Bible app. Search it in the app store. It's free. Start reading in, in the book of Matthew about Jesus' life so you can know how to become like him. Start reading 10 minutes a day. You can do that. Or maybe it's prayer. What do I pray about? Pray about anything. Pray and ask God to help you become more like Christ. Just do it for 10 minutes. Maybe, maybe you do this. Maybe spending time with God is a habit that you're like, Des, I've got that one down. I've done that for a while. I would encourage you to implement a new faith habit or a new spiritual discipline. Implement another one because we should always be taking more steps closer to Jesus every day because we should want to be like him. So implement another habit. Maybe if you've never trusted God with what he has trusted you with, maybe it looks like tithing or giving a percentage of your money. Trusting God with it. Maybe this looks like right now you pray by yourself. Maybe you should start praying with your spouse. That's awkward, Des. I can do a lot of things with my spouse, but I can't pray with them. Just take their hands. Just take their hands and look them in the eyes and just tell God three things you're thankful for. Or maybe start praying with your kids at night before they go to bed. Maybe you implement a habit that has to do with something that we talk about up here most weeks. Maybe you join a small group 
and insert yourself in intentional community where, as Josh said, we grow with each other, but we also grow closer and grow to be more like Jesus. Maybe it's stepping up and serving or, or doing something else. Implement a new habit that will make you more like Christ. There's a line on the bottom of your weekly. You may have thought it was there for like decoration. Oh, I did that on purpose. That's for you. That line is for you to record your new one small habit. So if you know what it is, write it down. I'll keep talking. You're not going to bother me. No one around, no one's looking at your paper or anything like that. What's your one small habit? Your one habit that you're going to implement today, tomorrow, that's going to help you become more like Christ. See, and I think for those of you who write that down right now, who record that, who document that, who commit to that, to being more like Christ, here's what I believe is true. That you just won the day today. I would love to pray for y'all. Heavenly Father, God, I just, uh, first of all, thank you for your love. Thank you for um, sending your son Jesus to stand in the gap. Um, God, I thank you for Daniel and the way that he modeled um, just a habit to make himself more like you. And God, I just pray that you would lead each and every one of us to a step, to a small habit to make us more like your son, Jesus. And God, open our eyes to allow us to see the ways that every area of our life is positively impacted as we do that. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.